0: show. On this episode, I'm going to play my recording. The minute I got done recording, more details came out. So I just want to go ahead and say that the Washington Commanders made an offer to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson. I'm hearing that it was multiple first round picks involved. Now, my guess would be maybe two first round picks, a second round pick, and a young player. Maybe somebody like a Deron Payne or a Cam Curl. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. What is good, everybody, man? Welcome to the Talking Sports with Manny channel. Got some big news to drop. This news just came out, and it's talking about a certain quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen, and I'm going to go to that exact tweet that I just saw right now that just brought so much joy to my heart. It just means that the Washington football team is really serious about trying to improve the quarterback position. So I'm going to go to this uh, tweet. They just came in by, I think it was Schefter or Ian Rappaport, and we can go ahead and talk about it me one moment. Um, yeah. All right, so Ian Rappaport just reported 90 minutes ago. He goes, how serious are the commanders in their search for a quarterback? He said the sources say that the Washington, well, the Washington commanders made a strong offer for Seattle's Russell Wilson. He also goes on to say that it didn't go anywhere. So who knows what they offered? But the good thing is at least they made an offer. We hear reports that the Washington football team have called every single team in the NFL, trying to see the availability of their quarterback. Um, they said that, that that the offer didn't go well. Um, but it is a sign that Washington, Washington is ready to deal. Uh, Ian report also says that based off of what Washington has on the roster right now, that this is a team that's pretty much a QB away from competing. I mean we're talking playoffs we're talking super bowl i mean the defense is really really solid talented from top to bottom missing some you know some gaps you need you know you need another linebacker and another safety some backup corners but at the end of the day the roster is ready and is ready to compete right now currently um also Rappaport says washington has called essentially every everywhere to find a quarterback so it's good that the team is being proactive they're doing what they need to do to you know secure a quarterback they know that hey you get a quarterback you can go far in the playoffs um he said that their call to seattle just shows a commitment that they're trying to swing big so when you're talking about swinging big they're really really the only options out there in terms of a big swing is seattle with russell wilson green bay with aaron Rodgers. which <laughs> that one's going to be crazy but aaron Rodgers. And then Deshaun Watson, but we don't know what happens with this case. And then, based off what what Washington has been doing, <laughs> you know, off the field, compared with what Deshaun Watson is doing off the field, I don't know if that's a marriage made in the heaven. But I will say this: at least this kind of shows me that hey, at least they're trying. Last year, the football team tried to get Matthew Stafford; that didn't work, right? But at least they tried. This year, they're trying to get Russell Wilson, and you know they're swinging. They're missing, but at least it, it gives the fan base some sort of hope. Like, you know what? This team is really trying to do something. So just wanted to get on here give you guys that bit of news. I'm pretty much going to um, cover the quarterback options for the, for the football team based off of draft, based off of free agency, and kind of where we go from this point. We have Terry McLaurin, who deserves to get an extension right away. That's pretty much like the biggest uh, thing. Get Terry secured. Pay him whatever he wants. Matter of fact, give him a blank check. People say, well, Terry has had some good numbers, but he has not made the Pro Bowl. Why pay a guy like Terry even though he hasn't made the Pro Bowl? My rebuttal to that is the guy's been playing with some bum quarterbacks three years in a row. And this guy is producing numbers, okay, with bum quarterbacks. Just imagine what a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson will do for Terry McLaurin. I'm just saying, it just, it just only makes sense. So you got to sign him. You got to see where he is and you got to project where Terry is going. And I really think that Terry is one of the better wide receivers in the league. He has top 15, top seven potential in the league. It's just all about getting that right quarterback. So, biggest order of business is get Terry McLaurin uh, signed. Next bit of news. Let's go ahead and shift to the Dallas Cowboys, who, ever since they paid. Dak Prescott, it was, it's was. it been hard to kind of keep that team together. You know, once you pay that quarterback, you know, that kind of salary, you can't really do too much, right? So now what I'm seeing out of Dallas is that they have to get rid of Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper's a guy that the last three seasons, 1,100 yards, 1,100 yards, 800-plus yards. The guy's a very, very good wide receiver. And honestly, Dak Prescott did not become Dak Prescott until Amari Cooper got there. So if you don't believe me, Go look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Men and people lie, but numbers don't lie. So go check it out for yourself. I mean, you you can look at Dak's numbers before Amari Cooper and his numbers after Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper does so much for that offense. And we remember when Amari Cooper became a free agent, the Washington football team offered $20 million a year for Amari Cooper, right? But Amari Cooper wanted to stay with Dallas. It was a good good choice for him because at least he knew who his quarterback was. At that time, I don't even know who who the quarterback was for Washington. It was either – I think it was Dwayne Haskins at the time. He's looking at Dwayne Haskins like, look, if I go over here, this quarterback might not pan out, he might not develop, and then I'm here looking like Allen Robinson (laughs) last year, right? So Amari Cooper chose, chose the Dallas Cowboys, and that was a good decision for him. You know, he got paid, he got to be with his team. You know, his house, his family, everything. You know, you don't want to move too many times. But guess what? Now that they're releasing Amari Cooper, do you think that the Washington football team actually makes a swing to try to get Amari Cooper? I will say this. You got to secure Terry first. It would be crazy to sign another wide receiver. You already signed Curtis Sandler then to go ahead and sign Amari Cooper and not extend Terry now is insane. So if you extend Terry, that's number one order of business, right? And you decide to sign Amari Cooper, you can stagger the contracts in a certain way to where next year they can get rid of Curtis Samuel, especially if they find another you know young gem in the third, fourth, fifth round, who they feel that can do what Curtis Samuel can do efficiently cost-effective then you let go of curtis samuel everybody looks at the curtis samuel contract and say oh it's going to be hard to get out of it you can pretty much get out of a contract most years after year two after year three so after year two you can literally have an out for that uh curtis samuel contract but does the washington football team want to tie down that much money into the wide receiver position right now currently i don't know also looking at the wide receiver position what can the football team actually do in a draft there's lots of talent out there drake london trelon burks chris olave garrett wilson the list goes on and on and on very deep and talented class this year so i'm excited for that we saw nine wide receivers run a 4-4 or better i mean yeah 4-4 or better in the combine so there's speed there there's some talent there but you can't compare it to a class that had jamar chase you know, or a class that had Justin Jefferson and even the class that had Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuels, you know, and D.K. Metcalf, let alone A.J. Brown. So these last three years prior to this one, it's been some really good, talented wide receivers coming out, and uh, this year, you can find a very good, talented guy in the second round. So the drop-off from first round to second round is not by much. In this first round, it's pretty much preference are you looking for speed are you looking for a big guy are you looking for I don't know if there's any generational talent type wide receivers as of right now Traylon Burks looks good but I don't know it's all about situations Jamison Williams looks great I mean he was great before that injury so guys like John Mechie is going to fall to the second round so there's tons of wide receivers the Washington football team or the Washington commanders is going to take me some time uh to actually go out and pursue so that's it for wide receiver but let's get back to the quarterback position If we're going to go free agent, you have Jameis Winston out there, you have uh, Trubisky, you have, um, man, the list is real poor, Teddy Bridgewater, and and guys like that, right? Uh, Even Marcus Mariota. These are all guys that have been in the league for a while, so they're not necessarily young or old. You know, these are guys that you know, you've gotten the four years in, five years in into the NFL. You've been a backup. You know, you've been a starter. Now you're a backup. You've learned behind some some pretty good guys, like Trubisky. You know, the Bills coach was talking about Trubisky being a class act and this and that. In terms of the free agent quarterbacks, Trubisky has somewhat of some upside. Yes, he was drafted you know in the first round. I think it was pick two overall. He was drafted before Patrick Mahomes, he was drafted before Deshaun Watson. And I guarantee you that the Chicago Bears are crying right now. They want their pick back. It just didn't work out. It was a lot of pressure on, on Mitch Trubisky. And even to 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 the to like the to the defense of Mitch Trubisky, you can see that he played fairly well. He was not really bad, but he wasn't really great. But if you think about it, he went to the playoffs two times out of those four years, and he also made the Pro Bowl one of those years, leading them to, I believe, it's a eleven and two record, some kind of crazy thing like that, where Chicago won a lot of games that year. But he wasn't really able to help get them over the top. So that's who you have in Miss Trubisky. He's mobile. There was a year his Pro Bowl season. I think he was running the ball. He was going crazy. I, I want to say it was year or two of uh, Trubisky's career, but. You know, it's—I don't really know of anybody who likes Trubisky. You know, but he's just a guy that's out there. He's a possibility. Jameis Winston—he's a possibility because he has the arm, right? He has the arm talent, but it's always that turnover thing. His workout videos—it's just—it's Jameis Winston. It's like he—he—he's done thirty interceptions and thirty touchdowns in the same season. It's like which Jameis Winston are you getting—the five thousand yard passing Jameis Winston, the thirty touchdown, or, or the thirty interception? to be honest, all that happened in one season. So you're getting the same guy. It's all about which, which side comes out more each week with Jameis Winston, but I believe you get a guy like Jameis Winston. Why receivers love to play with a guy like Jameis Winston? You saw receivers like Deshaun Watson and the rest, I mean, the, Deshaun Jackson and the rest have good seasons statistically with a guy like, you know, um, Winston. Winston was what the football team was hoping would happen with Fitzpatrick, but it just didn't pan out right, you know, Fitzpatrick played like what five minutes, got a hurt, and then that was the end of that. Taylor Heineke played well as a backup. He's he's a he's a he, he is a backup, he's nothing more. So, we try to put too much on Taylor Heineke. We were thinking he was a franchise guy, he gave us flashes here and there, but that's what good backup quarterbacks do. They are capable of coming into the game, helping you to win some games, but at the same time, kind of keep you afloat. He's not going to do anything special in terms of putting the team on his back. So, that's Taylor Heineke now an interesting dynamic would be a guy like carson Wentz. if carson Wentz gets cut if he gets released first of all the indianapolis colts will be one of the most stupid teams to ever exist in the history of the nfl and this is why why would you trade a second round conditional first round pick for a guy in carson Wentz? you're like you know you go bring him in because you've had a coach that, that has had experience with carson Wentz. he's your guy and after one season, he's not your guy. So you brought him here to be the savior. You brought him here to be a guy that takes you super far in the playoffs. And they, I mean, he didn't make the playoffs. But that's not really all on Carson Wentz. Who who was he passing to? Carson Wentz might be a guy, maybe now at this stage of his career, that you got to surround him with more talent outside of just Pittman. I mean, they had Pittman. He had a 65-year-old T.Y. Hilton. What more could he do? I'm saying that if you put Carson Wentz in the right system, he might flourish. Like A lot of these quarterbacks are pretty much all the same. The Kirk Cousins, the Tannen Heels, uh, Derek Carr is slightly above those guys, but all these different quarterbacks that can play, that might not be able to get you, get you to that big game, but they're good enough to be the 10th, 11th best quarterback in the league. Jimmy Garoppolo is another one that you know you can put into that bunch, and I'm going to get to Jimmy in a minute, but You know, when you look at the quarterback landscape, there's not a lot of good-looking names out there in free agency. That's one. Number two, if you do get a guy, does that mean that you're going to draft a guy? What happens with Taylor Heineke? Everybody's worried. I think Kyle Allen is gone, first of all. I think Taylor Heineke is retained as either the team's second or third. If they draft a rookie, the rookie would be third string and learn behind Taylor Heineke and the vet. If the team goes big swing and gets somebody nice, like a Derek Carr, you know, that kind of level of uh, quarterback, then you have a guy that, you know, that, that, that can come in, step in, help you get to that next level. But that also means that you lose draft picks. So I'm not upset with losing draft picks if it means finding a really good quarterback, a franchise quarterback. So realistically on the trade market, the quarterbacks that I would say that are available worth getting right now is Russell and Carr. We don't know what happens with Deshaun Watson and and, and, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So we just throw those guys to the side. Now we move on to Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that's been to the NFC Championship two years out of the last, I believe, three or four years. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. A lot of guys like Alex Smith. I did not. But people say Alex Smith is a winner, right? Jimmy G is a winner. I mean, the numbers might not always be there, but the funny thing is that Jimmy D is actually putting up pretty good numbers, and he's possibly putting up better numbers than Alex Smith if you put them side by side, okay? Matter of fact, I'm going to do a side by side with Alex Smith. Um, I'm going to pull it up just to prove a point. I could be wrong. I want to see Alex Smith's best season when the Washington football team went on and made that trade for him. And we're going to explore and see what a trade would look like for the Washington football team, they were able to go ahead and grab a Jimmy G. So let's look at the football um, pro. Let's go ahead and share the screen. Because I like seeing examples, I like seeing things in front of me instead of just talking just to talk. You know, I like to be as accurate as possible. So the year that Alex Smith was in Kansas City, which was 2017 i mean he had pretty much almost an mvp type season they ended the season with a nine and six record that year um you know alex played you know 15 games but he had a pretty good season i don't i don't think he played i think the last that last uh game Mahomes played. So he would have played 16 games, but Mahomes played that very last game and he had a great season where he threw for 4,000 yards. Mind you, Alex Smith has never thrown for 4,000 yards in his entire career until that point. So 4,000 yards in an offense like Kansas City was an amazing feat for Alex Smith. But also that season he had 26 touchdowns and five interceptions. I mean, he was playing unbelievable, but we all saw what happened when he went into you know the playoffs. I mean, he couldn't take that team over the top. So sometimes you got to go ahead and you got to trade for these quarterbacks that help you make the playoffs. Because if you're not a playoff team, you can't be so greedy and so needy. You're going to need those quarterbacks that can get you to the playoffs. Then once you're in the playoffs, now you want to get the quarterbacks that get you deep into the playoffs. Sometimes you got to get the quarterbacks that get you to the big game, the quarterbacks that help you win the Super Bowl. But how many of those quarterbacks are there? I mean, Tom Brady's gone. The Drew Breeses of the world and Pey- Peyton Manning's of the world. Those the old, those special unicorn type quarterbacks are gone. Now it's a new age quarterback. you got the Josh Allen's coming up, the Herbert's, the Kyla Murray's of the world, right? They're all up and coming. And it seems like every team is finding their franchise guy. I mean, there are teams that have decent guys. I only say decent because they're not as great as the others, but you know, with the quarterback rankings, it just goes up and down. And we all know that Patrick Mahomes is going to be up there at the top of the list, the top of the ranking for years and years and years and years to come. So, but back to my point. So, you see, Alex Smith, 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, and five um, interceptions. That year, which is 2017, I want to see how far they went. I don't know if this tells me. Uh, let me see. 2017. All right, I don't want to I don't want to dig too deep, but let's just say that they didn't get to the big game, they didn't get to Super the Bowl, they didn't go that far. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. Now we're gonna look up Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see what Jimmy Garoppolo was able to net in terms of like his best season or even this season. Let's just compare this season to Alex Smith's best season in Kansas City. So, which was this past season? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo played 15 games, the same as Alex Smith. Um, he he won nine games, lost six, the same as Alex Smith. So that balance is there. He had 3,800 yards passing. Now, Alex Smith had 4,000 yards. So, you know, a little bit over almost 2,000 yards difference there. But I would say this. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in a run first offense. You know, although Kansas City had Kareem Hunt, I don't know if that was the year that, that Kareem Hunt was missing or not, but either way it goes, no team runs like you know the 49ers do or have done in previous years. So 3,800 yards. He had 20 touchdowns and he had 12 interceptions. Now, the thing that people say, oh, Alex Smith takes care of the ball. That's part of the reason why Washington brought him in. He's a winner, he's a leader, he's a veteran. He was a guy that was drafted number one, you know, number one overall. This and that. I get all that. But I'm trying to make a comparison here that Jimmy Garoppolo pretty much gave you what Alex Smith would give you. And Jimmy Garoppolo is a better passer of the ball. You can say, yes, he's not as accurate as Alex Smith or he does this or Alex is more mobile or this or this or that. When you look at these two guys, they're similar. They do a lot of the intangibles that help teams win, but but they're not necessarily players that would get you over the top. So what I'm saying is the year that the Washington football team or Redskins at that time were, was was able to acquire Alex Smith. They were able to I think they spent a third round pick. And a up and coming young football player who happened to be Kendall Fuller at the time. Right. That's what it cost to get an Alex Smith then. Now, I know today is a different day. Today is, a, you know, it's, this is this a passing league, Right. So quarterbacks are just so expensive. Franchise quarterbacks don't come out and just say, hey, I'm available. Good football teams, good organizations do not let good quarterbacks go. We'll get into the Kirk Cousins situation in a minute. But back to what I'm saying. So Jimmy G produces like this in a run-first offense. Practically numbers that are possibly better than Alex Smith. Mind you, Alex Smith had Tariq Hill. He had Kelsey. I don't want to hear the stuff. People saying, well, hey, Tariq Hill wasn't, you know, Tariq Hill now. Tariq Hill was still pretty good in 2017. Go look that up for yourself. That Tariq Hill had Travis Kelsey. He had, I think it was Jeremy Macklin. And I don't know. Maybe Tariq Hill wasn't there. Let me see. I have to look that up. I have to look that up. Because I want to say that Tariq Hill started his career as a special team, special, special teams guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oops. Yeah, he was there in 2016 and did 2017. So yeah, 2017, Tariq Hill had 1,100 yards. So that's that's just to prove my point, that Alex Smith had the best of the best of the best talent around him for him to be able to produce just 4,000 yards. 4,000 yards is an amazing feat, period, regardless of who you are. If you look at Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't throw for a lot of yards but he throws for a lot of touchdowns. That's just what he does. So, you know, Alex produced, Jimmy produced. So if the Washington football team was to, per, you know, was to pursue Jimmy Graham, I mean, uh, I said Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Garoppolo in a scenario of a trade, it has to be a third round pick because we all know that there are other teams that are, that are looking for a quarterback. But I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo nets more than a second round pick. Now, a team like Pittsburgh might say, hey, you know, we feel like we can win, win with Jimmy G. And if that happens, then that happens. But the Washington football team, with all the holes and all the needs that they have, it's like going for Jimmy G because when you get Jimmy G, you got to pay him, right? Hey, what's good? What's good, man? Uh, Man, appreciate you, man. We're just talking talking quarterback. We're talking quarterbacks. We're really talking what can the Washington football team really do to improve their team? We started off talking about how the Washington football team pursued – Russell Wilson, that was the news. You can go check Twitters everywhere. They pursued Russell Wilson. They didn't get him, but it shows that the team is serious about the quarterback position. Now, what can the team really do to take the game to the next level? We say, hey, Aaron Rodgers, he's pretty much, you're not getting Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to get him. He's going to be too expensive. You're going to have to possibly spend two to three first-round picks just to get him. Then you got to pay him. Then he's possibly going to want his buddy Devontae Adams to come along, so that's just too much money there. So realistically, Jimmy Garoppolo is available, but Jimmy Garoppolo is also going to have plenty suitors. The football team is not the only quarterback needy team. You got teams like the Saints. The Saints might feel like, "Yo, we have a pretty good roster. If we can get a Jimmy G. We can, we can compete, you know, in the playoffs." Now, does that mean they go further? I don't know. You know, uh, you can compare the offenses and say, well. The Saints might be more talented offensively than, you know, 49ers outside of, you know, George Kittle. It, it looks pretty, pretty even to me. So really, Jimmy G is an option. I don't know if they do it. If I'm the GM, I'm not giving up more than a, than a third round pick because when you get Jimmy G, obviously you got a pain, right? But then the 49ers might say, hey, we want, we want a third round pick and a young player, which might be a Duran Payne, which might be. You know you really don't have much options. Maybe a uh Cam Curl, you don't want to give up a, a guy like Cam Curl. They're going to be looking for a, a rookie type contract and a third. If you're going to say a third, if you want a second, they can possibly part with Jimmy G for a second. But I, I mean, Jimmy G is going to be a hot commodity just because there's so many teams that feel like they are a quarterback away. You know, you just need a quarterback that's good enough. But I don't think that Jimmy G is a guy that. The football team can say, Hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna rock with this guy, you know, moving forward. Um, Dave Rob just made a perfect, perfect uh comment. He says Jimmy G can't play a full season, and I agree, he's just a guy that continues to get hurt and continues to get hurt. Like, if you look through history, I'm gonna go back right now, show you guys how many games he's ever played in a season. He always gets hurt, and then when he doesn't get hurt, he's not a guy that can take you over the top, okay. He's played, he played 16 games um, in 2019. I think that was the year that the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and lost to Patrick Mahomes. Then in 20 uh 2021, you know, similar scenario. Uh, he got to the big game, the NFC Championship game. And um, you know, this year he played 15 games out of 16. So you can say that Jimmy G can't finish out, finish out a season, but outside of um 2020, when he had that, you know, that, that terrible injury, pretty much the whole 49ers team were, you know, all hurt last year from you know Kittle to Mostert to, I mean, uh uh, uh Debo Samuels didn't even play not much games, right? So you look at this season, uh 15 games, having really Brandon IU because the guy that was okay, and then you had Debo Samuels. Can the Washington football team put together a receiving tandem that's like Debo and Ayuk? and you can make the argument that Terry can give you some Debo type production with good quarterback play. But then Brandon Ayuk, who had a good season, his rookie season, not so good last year who can really produce like that. You look at Curtis Samuel, we don't know what we have in Curtis Samuel. So saying all this to say, yes, Jimmy can't stay healthy, but at the end of the day, if you're really trying to be a team that's always in the playoffs you're going to need a quarterback that's Jimmy Garoppolo-esque or better, I mean, to be honest. Uh, Rob says, no, we gave we gave you Trent for a third and fourth. Give us Jimmy for a seventh. <laughs> hey, hey, that's real. That's real. The Washington football team literally gave away Trent Williams to those guys. And, um, you know, they're all in on Trey Lance. So just look out for Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be a name that's out there um for a lot of teams especially teams like the pittsburgh um steelers as well as is one of the team that i can't really think of like carolina might say yo give us jimmy g and let's just try to make the playoffs and then they kind of you know they, they, they can kind of get rid of um sam Darnold. there are teams like um denver is another team they're looking for a quarterback i mean last year they didn't go for a quarterback they went veteran same with carolina maybe that happens this year so carolina is an option i've heard rumors about kirk cousins getting traded to carolina this neck you know kirk cousins is in a contract year he is going to milk them for everything i think he's expected to make about 43 million dollars this year now we're going to talk about kirk cousins because this is a topic that gets a lot of washington fans rattled whether you like kirk cousins whether you hate him i think he's a good quarterback i like kirk cousins and uh i loved the year when we drafted RG3, we also drafted Kirk Cousins. That's a smart thing to do. They saw Kirk Cousins in the fourth round, and he looked like a guy that could be something, and we grabbed him. Now, I didn't know that Kirk Cousins will become what he is. And what is Kirk Cousins? He's a guy that produces in the regular season. That's all I can say. He's a guy that puts up numbers. I can't tell you that Kirk Cousins leads people to wins because I have not seen it. Uh, Dave Robb says Captain Choke. You can say that. You can say Captain Choke. But look, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than have a guy like Taylor Heineken. Um, just because I believe in the talent of Kirk Cousins. Now, with a Kirk Cousins, you need everything around you to be perfect. And the reason why Kirk Cousins would not have worked out in Washington was because the contract was so big that we didn't even have the talent around him to, to kind of round everything out. Those teams that Kirk Cousins was on in Washington were teams that were around 500, almost like, okay, 2015, Kirk Cousins led them to a 9-7 and record. That might have been the playoff year. I'm not sure. The next year, it was 8-7-1. and one. That oh, that tie versus Cincinnati and London, that pissed me off because I actually woke up early that morning to watch that game, and then we lose. So I really didn't even want to watch football the rest of the day. But, um, you know, so it's kind of like records like this. Then the next year, 2017, a 7-9 and nine record, right? So you look at those. It's like Kirk Cousins was good enough for seven, maybe eight wins. So he pretty much averaged eight wins a year right? That doesn't move the needle. It, it, it's not so fun. It's, but guess what? At least we were in contention to make the playoffs. So you have to really do your analysis and say, hey, do you want a team that's always competitive, close to making the playoffs and making the playoffs? Is either you're really good or, or you're really bad because Kirk Cousins led us to some average seasons that we were not able to draft some pretty good draft capitals in those years, just because we were always in the middle of the pack. We were never in the top 10 in the draft because Kirk Cousins was good enough to win you some games. But then, you know, some games like Rob says, Dave Rob says that he's a choke. Maybe so, maybe so. Like I said, he needs a lot of, he he needs two good wide receivers, which he has in Minnesota. He needs a running game, which he has. He needs tight ends, which he needs. Then the defense has to be good. The defense has not been good for Minnesota. That's why you're seeing Kirk Cousins putting up these crazy numbers coming from behind. Uh, look at his record in Minnesota. They say, oh, uh, Case Keenan was there and led him to an NFC championship game. You know how random that was? Sometimes decent quarterbacks or, or just okay team play gets you to NFC championship games. Like this year, Jimmy Garoppolo got by Aaron Rodgers, and he didn't do much. Jimmy G was not the reason why they got by Aaron Rodgers. So just to show you that the quarterback game after quarterbacks 13 to like 20, it's all interchangeable. It's all random. It's all about you get that special teams play. Do you get this Do you get that to help advance you to that next round? Now you look at Kirk Cousins uh, with Minnesota, eight and seven, 10 and five, 10 and five was a good season pro bowl season form. And I also believe that was a year that they were able to beat, um, What's his name? I got my, I got my son right here. With me. So that was the year they was able to beat Drew Brees in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a big – I think that was like the biggest game of Kirk Cousins' life, beating Drew Brees at Drew Brees' house. Um, but we make it about quarterback versus quarterback. It's about everything. And if you go back and look at that playoff game, Kirk made some plays, but he was not the sole reason why they won. Then the year after that, 2020, which is last year, 79. This year, 8-8. Eight and eight. It's just who Kirk is. Kirk is good for about eight games. He's good for about eight games. With Kirk Cousins, you're going to need everything to be perfect. I keep telling y'all. So one thing about Kirk is he never quits. He never quits. He's going to fight. And that's kind of like what I like about Kirk. And that's what I also liked about Taylor Heineke to some extent. And that's what I also hated about Alex Smith. When Alex Smith was here, when you're down by 30, 40, I mean, when you're down by so many points, it was just check eight. Alex Smith was just a check down guy. He was a game manager. He's a guy that if you have a good defense and a good run game, Alex can manage the game and not turn over the ball and help you win games that way. There are quarterbacks that are good at that. Then I mean, you have guys like Kirk Cousins who would go out there, you know, he'll compete. Taylor went out there and he, you know, also competed. So that's what I also like about Taylor. Oh, we are hey, we are on the same page. I didn't even read that comment yet. But um, Dave says, didn't Foles beat Canem in that NFC Championship game? Absolutely. Absolutely. Foles did, and Foles is a backup of all backups, but Foles is a system guy. I mean, he's a system guy. For some reason, Foles just loves playing in Philly. I've not seen Foles play well anywhere else besides Philly. So, like I said, there are just some quarterbacks that go out there and be system guys, and then they end up getting a good paycheck. Like I said, um Kirk Cousins is a, is a good quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback. The numbers show that he's good, but the play – And the elevation of his teammates and things of that nature shows that he's not a great quarterback. Now, the last three uh, three seasons for Kirk Cousins, right? He's had what, 3,600 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, and six interceptions. To me, that was Kirk Cousins' best season, his most efficient season. Didn't lead to, I mean, it also led to wins. You know, he was 10 and five. That was the best season for Kirk Cousins, but that defense has been just bad the past three years. The, the next year, he had 4,200 yards. He had 35 passing touchdowns and 13 interceptions. People look at the 35 touchdowns and say, oh, man, he was coming from behind or he was doing this, he's chasing points, he's doing that. 35 touchdowns is 35 touchdowns. So he shows he has the talent to put the ball in the end zone. We the fans, have y'all seen touchdowns? Have we seen touchdowns? Do we even see enough touchdowns the last three years? Let's be honest. Have we seen a quarterback capable of putting points on the board? No right. Okay, we go to this past season with Minnesota. They were eight and eight. They were you know close to making the playoffs. I don't even know if they made it. If they did, they were eliminated in the first round. Anyways, he had forty two hundred yards passing, and then he also had thirty three touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now you might say, just looking at the at the numbers, these are good numbers for any quarterback. Forty two hundred yards passing, thirty three touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's playoff. <laughs> you know that's I mean that's playoffs. Those are pretty solid numbers, but for the Vikings fans who actually watch the games and game situations, they would better tell you what Kirk Cousins was able to do in those games. I'm not here to defend Kirk. All I'm saying is, even if we had Kirk Cousins, let's say with these exact same numbers, my question to you guys, if you had a Kirk Cousins right now on the roster we had last year, okay, with Terry, with the roster how it is, and if Kirk Cousins gives you 30 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions, you can't tell me that that's not a playoff team regardless of the mistakes because at least one thing that we do know is that Kirk is, he's, he has it in his DNA to help you to come back. He's like, he's going to continue to fight. Taylor Heineke had some of that, but he didn't, he just didn't have the arm talent. He didn't have the arm talent. I mean, you can only do, but so much with Antonio Gibson and, you know, so I say all this to say the quarterbacks that are available is going to be hard to get one. Now let's really get into the solution, which it's most likely going to be the draft. I'm not a draft analyst. I don't know much about these quarterbacks coming out, but I'm going to say what I feel in my heart and what I feel makes sense. You guys can correct me. You guys can let me know how you guys feel. When you look at the quarterbacks, right? I was looking at this quarterback class last year and you he was hearing about, oh, Sam Howell this, Sam Howell that. The year that Sam Howell had uh, De'ami Brown and all these guys that we had, Javante Williams and Michael Carter, he was producing Every quarterback needs weapons around him to produce, right? But check this out. Sam Howell stocks go, you know, his stock goes down. Then you was hearing about um who's that guy from uh Oklahoma? His name escapes me right now. The guy that's kind of like looks like Mahomes, but not really. His name escapes me. so these quarterbacks go up and down. Then I was hearing about Malik Willis last year. Then his stock went down when he played guys like Middle Tennessee, and you know, he wasn't able to produce Desmond Ritter. Look at him last year. He looked really, really good. Come this year, he had a good season, but then he struggled against some of the big schools like Alabama in the championship game. I mean, in the in the playoff game. So sell so this to say when you're looking at the quarterback class, right? Um Dave just mentioned that he likes Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell as well. But here's the thing. Sam Howell can throw that deep ball. He gets to be reunited with De'Ami Brown. But guess what? You bring in a Sam Howell, you're going to have to go out here and bring in some major talent all around. That means another tight end, another wide receiver you know, maybe another running back. You want to surround him with the best talent possible to help these rookies exceed. Yes, Spencer Rattler. That was another name that people were talking about. Oh, when it's his time to come out, he's going to be the first. Then he was replaced. Now he's transferring. So all these quarterbacks, they all can be flaky. They all can be flaky. Yes, you say just one wide receiver. Yes, but we have three wide receivers that are free agents, and I, I doubt they bring back. All three, they possibly just bring back DeAndre Carter just because he did some nice things for us, and he plays special teams. But in terms of uh, um, Sims and uh, Humphreys, they're gone. So you're looking at two new wide receivers this year on this football team—one, one through the draft, and one through free agency. But that's to these quarterbacks. Malik Willis has the, the like the biggest upside. I've heard comparisons to Josh Allen, kind of jump. We, you, like you saw him in a combine yesterday, throw a pretty ball. Right. But it's more than just throwing a pretty ball to a wide open wide receiver. But we all see that the arm talent is there. Right. Now, you look at Kenny Pickett, you hear, oh, Kenny Pickett has small hands. He has small hands. Michael Vick had small hands. Michael Vick was a very good quarterback in the NFL. From what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, everybody's saying that Kenny Pickett is the safest quarterback. His upside might not be as high, but he's the safest quarterback. And People are projecting that he's a Derek Carr type guy. I'm not saying he's Derek Carr, Derek Carr type guy. Uh, people are saying, you know, Malik Willis can, you know, his upside is through the roof. The same thing people are saying about Trey Lance last year. They're saying about Malik Willis. So you're going to see between the combine and pro day, and as it gets close closer to the draft, do not be surprised if you see a team tra- that trades up into the top five to draft a Malik Willis. Malik Willis might be a quarterback that goes one overall, but you know we all know that the top five teams are not necessarily looking for quarterbacks right now, but a lot can happen. A lot can happen. So that's two. You hear about Matt Corral being a good leader, being this, being that. You hear about Desmond Ritter. Some people like him, some people don't. Then you hear about Sam Howell. And then Carson Strong, to me, is the sleeper of this draft. You can see If Carson Strong goes to the correct team, to the right team, and the right situation falls, you can see a Davis Mills-type jump. Mind you, Davis Mills was drafted last year in the third round. He was available for everybody, but who knows how situations pan out. You know what I'm saying? Tyrod Taylor, quarterback gets hurt. Deshaun Watson doesn't play, so he was a long shot anyways, but it just panned out. It worked out. So I say all this to say, it's going to be interesting what happens. We don't know where route we're going, whether it's free agency, whether it's trade, whether it's through the draft, but that's about all the time i have for you guys because my baby boy he's not having it right now he's ready to eat so i appreciate you guys coming in spending a good 40 minutes with your boy hope you guys enjoyed this stream if you're catching the replay please be sure to like please subscribe share and i would love to hear your thoughts on this topic in the comment section dave rob i appreciate you uh uh comments and i'm going to read this last comment before i get off here dave rob says willis reminds him of rg3 you saw a few of his games. Um, yeah, he's special, man. When it comes to him being a runner, I mean, he's going to be exciting. He's going to be something that the that the football team that 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 the Commanders want in terms of a guy that has potential to be a star. People marvel over uh, Justin Fields. You can't tell me that Malik Willis does not have that potential to be as good as what people think Justin Fields would be. Now, if Malik Willis was in this draft, was in the draft last year, you, you really don't know where people would go. You really don't know the jump, right? Um, I mean, a lot can happen. It just all goes about who drafts these quarterbacks. Where do they go? Do they have good coordinators that are going to teach and groom and mold these guys? There's some really talented guys here, even though it's a weak draft from what people say. But from from one through six, one of those guys is going to pan out and pan out really, really well. I just don't know who it's going to be. But this is my time this is your guy manny this is the talking sports with manny channel i will catch you guys on the next episode all right man we out